Church, as we look forward to the fall, maybe that's the wrong choice of words, maybe nobody's looking forward to the fall, probably not parents and teachers at least, but as we anticipate the fall and the upcoming winter, um, I would love for us to have a common vision as to what church and faith can look like in the season. And often when we get to this time of the year, we're having sort of a kickoff Sunday, explaining what God is doing, what thoughts and ideas he's planted in the minds of leaders, and how we're excited to move forward as a church body. This is the beginning of that conversation for us as a wider church. And there's one specific verse that has taken on a whole lot more meaning for me personally and for us And I think it points us towards the fall, towards the next step of our growth as believers. And I'd just like to read it. It's Philippians 1, 12. This is Paul. He's writing to a church that he helped found, to people that he loves, to his church, but he's not with them. He's actually writing from prison. He's writing in chains. And some people saw his imprisonment as a sign of his failure, that when he got locked up, when, he got, when his movements got restricted, when he was not able to just do everything that he used to be able to do, that then he was being uh, unproductive and ineffective, that he had failed. He didn't see it that way. And what he writes here from prison I want to speak to you from our time of scattering and our season of separation and distancing. Please hear these words as being words for us today. Philippians 1.12, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. I want you to know, New Hope, that what has happened to us has actually served to advance the gospel. We may look at it as a loss. We we can't have our corporate gatherings every Sunday morning with all the same people in all the same places. We can't do all the same programs for our kids and our youth, and we can't do things the way we did them before. I want you to know, New Hope, I believe this wholeheartedly, that what has happened to us has actually served to advance the gospel. I can't speak for the larger church. I think we're indicative of what's happening in the larger church, but I'm not in other parts of God's kingdom. And I can't speak for other pastors. I can't speak for other congregations. I can only speak from knowing us and knowing myself and knowing how God works with us and seeing where we're at. This season where we're banding together as bands of disciples in backyards for worship and in mission in little pockets versus all gathering together has actually served to advance the gospel. And here's how I picture it, in whiteboard style, classic Dave whiteboard style. It used to be that we had our church family, and we would all get together, and this was church. And so we would have youth events, and the youth would come together, and we'd have services for worship, and we'd all come together, and everybody would be coming in to this place, one single place, for one single message, music led by one specific group of people. And for a church that originally began as a home Bible study, which grew into a larger congregation, this is both good and bad has pros and cons. 
The pros are that there's more activities happening, there's more going on, more people maybe being uh, invited into relationship with the kingdom, with God. But for a church like ours that started as a group of friends in a home, when it grew, when we grew to be a larger, more organized church, this still felt like this. So when you got together in someone's backyard for a baptism in their pool, or when you had a potluck in someone's home, that same group of people gathered in church and a few more gathered in. And so the gathered church felt like a home church, just a little bit bigger, with a little bit more music maybe, and a little bit longer message, and just a little bit more. But it was this plus. It was home, but a bit bigger. But as time goes, we're 30 some odd years uh, now as a church, 33, I think, about. Um, people come and people go. <clears throat> this grows larger and larger, and it becomes harder and harder to know one another intimately. And it feels less and less like this. And, and soon more people have met here than have ever been in a home. How many of us want to have people over to our homes? But if we're being honest, how many of us have had this size church one by one, family by family, into our home? How many of us want to practice hospitality but have always been too busy? Over time, this kind of faded in priority. And this, instead of it being a massive, a larger celebration of this, this became the heavier valued item, the organized activities. And it becomes more and more possible to float in on a Sunday for a service and float out and have no one know you and not be involved, and never get invited to a home, and never develop a close, close Christian friendship. Because in a Sunday gathering, that's not really where you develop close Christian friendships. We sit in a sanctuary, and we hear a message, and I believe it is God's word for us. So, amen. Praise God. And we're led in music, and to sing as part of a larger body. Beautiful. Praise God. But you can't read a scripture in a home and have it cut us to the heart. We can't sing Amazing Grace in the backyard and have it feel like solid spectacular worship? Well, of course you can. But what this loses then is the ability to be personal, to be known one by one by one, to feel like we're family instead of just participants and worst case, observers. So what this whole coronavirus has done is it's put a big stop line <clears throat> in the middle of all of our organized activities. You know, the sanctuary here, all the chairs are spaced out six feet apart, so we can only fit there's a 17 or 18 family units at one time. Well, our church is like 40 family units, so that's two or three services if you were to try to fit everyone in at different times, and we can't have kids' programs, and just the restrictions are like Paul in prison. And like Paul, I want to say, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to us, this restricting line here, has actually served to advance the gospel. Because what has come out of this, through this, because it's not a full stop, there's something that's coming out of it. What's coming out of this is groups of 12, right? I think we have four now. Maybe there's a fifth one on the, on the wings. So you have these bands of 12 disciples, right? 12 friends in homes. And what are these? Home Bible studies. So instead of taking one home and just having it be larger, but then actually losing the home aspect and having it be a tradition, having it be formal, we're broken back down <clears throat> to our roots. 
Now, instead of one church service, there are four or five every single weekend. That serves to advance the gospel. Instead of one group of musicians, we have four or five, or maybe YouTube or a CD or whatever means we have, times of music and worship. And I love putting out these teachings. I'm looking more and more at these YouTube teachings, just like Paul. Here's a letter to the churches. Here's Pastor Dave's letter, video YouTube letter to the churches. Because I'm in contact with you to know that God's at work in you, but I don't presume to know the specifics of what's going on in everyone's lives, but you do. The 12, you do know each other. You are praying for one another. You are worshiping. Uh, As in the case of the wedding this past weekend in one of our groups, Uh, A couple got married, and guess what? That group of 12 was the one that prepared and set up everything, all the decorations here in the chapel, and then was there afterwards to tear down decorations because they're their people. It's in a home. So now instead of just one speaker, you have four or five people using the gift of teaching. And when the YouTube video is done, or if you don't even use it, if you're just studying a book of the Bible, the gifts of teaching that are manifest in each group come alive instead of being quieted down in favor of one. And music gets multiplied times five, instead of just one. But you don't get lost in 12. So some of the cons of this larger celebration are overcome by being together in someone's home. And this is what I see. I see a multiplication of the kingdom, a multiplication of gifts, instead of it being organized and us coming and being led, we are initiating, being forced to initiate on our own. I see that as an advancement of the kingdom. I see that as a means to spiritual growth. I see that as a means to developing spiritual giftings in all of the people in each of the groups. Because if there's only like eight of you around a circle, Who's the one that has the prayer request? Who's the one that has a word from the Lord? Who has the one that has a prophetic word? Who is the one that has a gift of music? Who's the one that has an idea? I have a neighbor who has a need. Let's all go and serve together. These are five churches. We just multiplied one into five through our perceived loss of corporate worship. We talked about this for a year or more before God put this line in place. And we kept recognizing this is not the be-all and end-all. It's just something. But in a way, if we make this our meat and potatoes and then hope that along the way, in addition to helping run the Sunday school, in addition to being part of the music team weekly, in addition to helping run the service and do chapel cleaning weekly, and in addition to helping the finances and what are all our other ministries and the missions and Hands of Hope weekly and monthly ongoing, and then saying, oh, also make time and space for relationships. Get together in homes and do missional things. Like, instead of that, it's be together. And while you're reading scripture, be talking about it personally. Build deep friendships because it's in a way exactly who we are at heart but more. And that to me is an advancement. It's an advancement of the gospel. And if you think of it from an additional point of view, if you'd put myself in here, you got Dave, put Danny in here as an elder, put Michaela in here as uh, our children's pastor. You put those people in the middle and say they're no longer just here running this They're standing in the middle of all the groups and saying, how can we support you? How can we support you? How can we support you? All these little missional communities. 
all these little pockets of disciples who are doing their thing for God, how can a pastor, how can I help shepherd? How can I come alongside? How can I visit and join in your group with what you're doing? Because isn't that what we see from the pages of Scripture? The apostles would help plant a group, a church, and then they'd go away. They'd help plant something else. And, and it was up to those people in that home, in that town, to grow it. That's spiritual growth. Being given a little and then saying, try, step out on your own, see what the Spirit will do. But Paul always stayed in contact with the churches, constantly wrote letters back, constantly visited as much as he was able. And so the transitioning of this to this is also a shifting of roles for Danny and myself as elders and pastors, for Michaela as a pastor of our children and as a, a director of our children's programs, which once used to be a single thing, but now they're distributed. Our role is to support you in the ministry. And doesn't that actually feel exactly like this scripture? Ephesians 4, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us differently according to the measure of Christ's gift. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, go to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So our job has always been to equip the saints for the work of ministry, but in this model, when it gets so centralized, it's almost like we're the ones doing the work of ministry and organizing the work of ministry, and others are just helping us use our gifts. This time right now, New Hope is more closely aligned with the New Testament church, the first century Christian church, than it has ever been. Now, I said we're starting from our roots, but back here, when we started in 1987, whenever that was, there was one home Bible study, and that was perfectly aligned with the New Testament church. It just lived together, was in fellowship, and did worship, and outreach, and loved each other, and people came to Christ and were baptized. Well, we're doing that now again, but times five. Here to here is just same but bigger. And then eventually bigger sometimes undermines some of the family and the unity that happens and minimizes the use of gifts because fewer are using gifts and more are supporting this. This is more using gifts, more being in relational communities, and the role of leaders being in its proper place. Not the ones doing it, but the ones supporting the saints who are the ones doing the work of the ministry. So I tell you, brothers and sisters, that I believe this red line here, this stopping of some of the ways we are going about our, our church, some of the ways we are practicing it, has actually served to advance the gospel. The children that are in these communities that are being a part of prayer in their backyards, and maybe as we get to winter where they're going to need to be in living rooms or, or large you know, family rooms for those homes that have it, where it can spread out but be indoors. This chapel is always available. Sanctuary is always available. It stands empty. The grand room stands empty most of the week at this point. So reserve it for your group. Gather. And whether it's in a backyard or whether it's in this space, what has happened to us 
has served to advance the gospel. It's more closely aligning us to the New Testament church that we see in the book of Acts than has ever been in our history. Brings us back to our roots. Puts me in my proper place. (laughs) Puts me and Danny and Michaela and any who serve as elders, the pastors, the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the uh, evangelists. It puts us in our proper place where we're not the ones who say, oh, we've got someone who's good at that. Go and do it and we'll follow you. No, they're saying our gifts are meant to be scattered, meant to be support roles. A leader is a servant. He who be first must be servant of all. So I love my new role. I can't wait to visit each of the home churches that are moving. I'm so excited that New Hope is just multiplied into five Maybe five, six, who knows what they'll be by the end of the winter as we cycle through this next season. We don't know what the future holds, but I do know what I see God doing. And the fact that it so perfectly aligns with all the things that I was seeing him pushing us on leading up to this season blows my mind. It blows my mind that God would be so gracious to us that for a year plus, he would say, don't get too focused on the building. Don't get too focused on Sunday mornings. Don't get too focused on ministry positions. He said, this is just not the point. They're good and they're in there, but they're support roles. The point is every single person growing up into Christ. Every single man, woman, and child using their gifts. And I see more opportunity for that now than ever, and I'm excited. I'm excited that God didn't just let us hit this wall with no warning. I'm excited that he gave us opportunities for serve homes and for missional communities and for the Tampa Underground Church and for all these things to just be influences to us. So I don't know all of what God is going to do in his larger kingdom in the whole world. I don't know what he's going to do in all the different churches around us. We'll let the Spirit lead them as he leads them but I know what he's doing in the New Hope family. It's not just the the Christian chapel, right? We're still New Hope, but we're not just the chapel. Now we're the New Hope community of churches, the New Hope network of missional communities, the New Hope mission church, the New Hope scattered church, the New Hope home churches. However you want to title it or see it, This building is not who we are. Jesus is who we are. And the model that he set up says, use your gifts, every single one of you. Scatter, advance the gospel. If there's five churches meeting in five different locations, there's five different neighbors, sets of neighbors around each one, five different neighborhoods that all can be impacted by hearing worship songs floating across the fence from your property to the next There are five different groups where people who have in-law apartments and grandparents and parents living with them are observing what's happening in your home or in your backyard. There's five places where God can raise up the next set of leaders for his kingdom rather than having our children and our new attenders, people who just come to faith, come to a single place and say, well, all those roles are already filled. They've already got a pastor here, so... I couldn't be a pastor here. They've already got someone doing music here. I I couldn't do what they do. They've already got some. Like, this is just a filled bucket. And these are just empty vessels waiting to be filled. And as they grow and as they expand, hopefully they'll multiply. What if in a year's time, instead of five of those, there's 10 of them, 10 churches? I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened is actually served to advance the gospel. 
So does this mean we're never coming back to group corporate services? No, that's not what it means at all. We want those things to be in their proper place. So what we're going to do is we're going to use this and we're going to put it as a support and add it in as we can, when we can, if we can, here and there, so that it can support the structure of these groups. Add some, some beauty. Maybe this circle here could go something like this, where from time to time we bring all the groups together and say, let's celebrate. But do we need to all come together to do any of the things that we're doing here? No, we can do all of them. But wouldn't it be nice to just hear what's going on in other groups? Wouldn't it be nice to gather and see faces you haven't seen in a while? Absolutely. I miss that. We all miss that. But that isn't church. That's our love for one another, longing for a family reunion. So over the course of the fall, our plan, our vision, my challenge to you is to see and to find where you fit into one of these homes. And as the homes maybe get a little, home groups get a little bit smaller uh, by virtue of necessity of needing to move indoors because of the weather, that may happen. A couple of other groups may start up depending on the size of the homes so people can be comfortable with how they're spaced and um, the logistics side of it. Feel free to use the chapel. You can certainly circle up some chairs upstairs or downstairs. You can meet here. No problem. But your job, your role is to actually bring the gospel to the world, to use the gifts the way God has made you to, and to do it as part of a community. You might not have a community that you've joined in with yet. Find one. This is what we're doing together, and it's what we've always done. And we'll find a way to do some of this Occasional events. Our sanctuary is too small to get us all into right now. So if we do an event we're trying to get everybody together, it's probably not going to be here. Okay, that's fine. We are not the chapel building. We are Jesus' people. And it excites me to no end to think about how each of these groups could be vibrant, thriving churches in their own right. That when we do gather together, we say, wow, look at God's kingdom growing. So if you're the church this fall, I'm going to leave you with this as kind of the closing discussion question. You need to make sure that each of these churches are healthy. So you look back at the elements of larger church and you say, do we have prayer? Are we praying together? Are we learning more about prayer? Are we seeing prayers answered? If not, then, then work on that as part of your tool because you can't go for another year before you see powerful prayer answered. But you don't need to because you've got your people. Make sure prayer is there. Worship, song, times of quiet, intimacy with the Lord. That's got to happen because you're going to really crave it if you're going throughout the winter through December. We meet again. Whatever we end up doing as the larger church, collection of churches, you need to make sure that that's satisfied. You need to make sure we're checking in on each other. We need to make sure that our kids are a part of what we're doing here. And Michaela will lead us in some of that as well because you see she sits here in the middle called by God to make sure that the kids in this larger family are growing in their faith and she's passionate about it. She wants to do it, but she can't necessarily get everybody together in one spot. So what does it look like for her to talk to you about the kids in your group and make sure that there's a plan that she can help support and facilitate you to raise up your children to be dynamic people in the kingdom? Danny to be connecting with the groups and people to say, how can he help shepherd and encourage 
for me to be in the groups and to help teach and to help pastor. Same roles, but divided up into a totally different context and really, in a way, taking us back to who we've always been. So I'll leave you with a closing discussion question, and it centers around a specific passage of Scripture. I'm going to ask you to have someone in your group now kick off this discussion by reading Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. And I want you to look at all the things in that 2, 42 through 47, and say, are those things represented in our homes? And will we covenant together to make sure that they are? Because if they're there, we're fully church. Whether we're meeting in a sanctuary or a grand room or a backyard or a living room, we're fully church. We represent the body of Christ. And then to be praying for this line here that represents all the restrictions in our country. Eventually, this will get faded away. It'll look like something different over time. And then we can talk about what role does this and the larger have in supporting our churches, which now have multiplied to four or five, and which we pray will multiply even more. How exciting that New Hope is growing. How exciting that people are. There was just a baptism of two people yesterday uh, in a backyard, and this past week, two others accepted Christ, two white roses. How exciting that people are coming to Christ because we're scattered in other places and talking with others and bringing others into our homes and actually building relationships instead of just programs. How exciting that what has happened is actually served to advance the gospel. So please take a minute, read that scripture and talk with your home group, with your band of 12 disciples, just like Jesus had. How can you fulfill that great commission? How can you represent the church And how can you pray for the others that are doing exactly the same thing? How can we stay connected and networked so we can be excited and celebrate when there's white roses over here? That'll be part of my job and Danny's job and Michaela's job and other jobs to keep us connected so we don't feel like we're lost on an island. But again, that's part of the job. That's part of the challenge in this time. Well, let's do it. Let's find a way that we can see ourselves thriving and that we can still see ourselves as connected and excited and supported by all that God's doing in all of our churches. So from New Hope Christian Chapel, maybe to New Hope Missional Communities, I don't know. But conceptually, let's recognize what it is that God's doing in us and what it is that he could do through us if we pursue this wholeheartedly in the season ahead. I look forward to doing this together.